Beethoven, Mozart, Chopin, Liszt, Brahms, Panties, I'm sorry, <laughs> Schumann, Schubert, Mendelssohn and Bach. Names that will live forever. But there is one composer whose name is never included with the greats. Why is it the world never remembered the name of Johann Gambleputty? Dubon, Ausfern, Splendenschlitt, Kraskrenbon, Friedegedangle, Dungelbar, Steinbon, Neckthrescher, Applebanger, Horowitz, Tickelensick, Grandenotti, Speltickle, Grandisch, Grunwaldnaer, Speltewasser, Kerstlich, Imbel, Eisenbahnwagen, Guten Abend, bitte, einen Nürnberger Bratwürstel, Gespürt mit zwei Markelube, Hunsfurt, Gumbereiber, Schonnendanke, Kalbsfleisch, Mittelracker, von Hartkopf of Ulm. And now for something completely different. Salad episode 184, the Royal Society of Putting Things on Top of Other Things. <laughs> I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. And today we are we are celebrating 50 years yes. of Monty Python's Flying Circus. <laughs> <laughs> and now for something completely different. Yes. Um, actually, nice segue, Joe. And now for something completely different. We're trying new potato chips. <laughs> this is honestly, I think, going to become a regular thing as, lay, as long as Lay's insists on continually making potato chips <laughs> that are um weird bizarre. that are going to be weird things. So um today we have Joe you're they're right by your feet. Can you let us know what we're eating today? We've got Lay's deep dish pizza. Okay. All right. Try one. Right. All right. Here we go. Grab that many. Yeah, I'm gonna have more. I'll have more later. What's the smell? What is the uh, the melange? Um, it's but, original. It's original. Yeah, I don't smell it. Right. It does. Smells like mozzarella sauce. No, no. Like, like a like a mozzarella stick, like the the, the dipping sauce for that. It smells like it smells kind of musty. All right, well, try it now. Eat it. Not bad. It tastes like deep dish pizza. No. <laughs> That's not good. No? It's not horrible. It's, it's, it's inoffensive. It's, it's very not... tomatoey. Yeah, I still hold it. It tastes like the um, the dipping sauce for... My, like, like, a, like a mozzarella stick. Yeah, yeah, like that little... Mar- like Marinara sauce. Marinara yeah. sauce. Yeah, that little cup yeah. that you get at, at uh, Fridays because, yeah. you know, fuck those dudes. <laughs> <laughs> You're, the Fridays you go to must suck because the, nope, the Fridays that we go to is awesome. I'm actually not a big fan of Fridays except for the fact that they do uh, free pour. Oh. So they still don't measure their booze. Nope. Like they shouldn't. So. <laughs> and, and we get along great with our bartenders. Excellent. Excellent. So anyway, yes, uh, we are covering 50 years of Monty Python. Now, if you honestly think that we're going to be able to do this in a way that is um, not going to leave out a whole bunch of stuff, well, nope. you don't know us then, do you? <laughs> So real quick, guys, before we begin, what was your uh, first experience with Monty Python? When was like the first oh, time you can remember watching it? 
Oh, I think for everyone, for well, at least for the three of us, you know, our generation, it was WGBH. Yep, Channel yep. 2. Channel 2, two. WGBH, yep. usually, like, it was Saturday night, like, 10 o'clock. Like, it was a late night, you know, because it was, I mean, back in the day, I mean, Monty Python was fairly racy for U.S. audiences. It was. Mm-hmm. It was. I actually can go back a very long time, not remembering any of the skits or anything like that, but I do remember my mother... Saying, all right, I'm going to watch this show. You can stay here or you can go to your room. Mm-hmm. And it's called Monty Python's Flying Circus. I didn't see any flying circuses at all. No flying elephants <laughs> or anything. Yeah, that was my same thing. It was all like, disappointing. It was on like after Doctor Who at one point, And I, yeah. I stuck around to watch it after Doctor mm. Who. And I'm like, there are no elephants. I'm out. Yeah. Mike, how about you? When uh, was your first time? Well, I mean, my first experience with Monty Python was uh, the Holy Grail. But with Flying Circus... I was actually um, over at my aunt's house. Uh, my aunt used to live in Needham. Yeah. And I was just like flicking channels just before I went to bed. And I flicked onto this thing. It was called uh, uh, The Best of Money Python um, Dead Parrot Sketch Not Included. It was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I think it was hosted by Stephen um, uh, oh, bother. Uh, from Parenthood. Steve Martin? Steve Martin, yeah. Steve Martin, okay. And I was like, oh, I, I, I know I know about them. They did the Holy, Holy Grail thing. What's, so what's this show? And then I was just watching. I pretty much watched it until I went to bed. And then that was my first exposure to them. Hmm. All right. And I loved them ever since. Um, I think, at least for us, would you say that when you really kind of gut it, it was high school? Oh, God, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, Maybe no, junior it, high? No, no, I, no, 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 no. No, no I, got, I got it in high school. I got it in high school, but what really got it, Monty Python, well, really made me get Monty Python was actually the movies. Yeah. Right. 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 You know? Once I understood the movies, I actually enjoyed the sketch comedy more. Because you kind of, it, it's really absurdist humor. Oh, yeah. yeah. For, 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 for a preteen to try to kind of understand what's going on, you're like, okay. What the hell? Yeah, really, yeah. The, the, the... Well, I, the very first episode I remember, and one of the first, and we'll, we're going to actually discuss the skit in a little while um, was my mother was reading like the like the local paper like TV guide here's what's on tonight mm-hmm. and on WGBH channel 2 um, she's like oh the uh, 127th annual upper class twit of the year competition <laughs> is on Monty Python I'm like I'm gonna watch that and I sat and I watched it and I'm like alright I'm in <laughs> the first sketch I remember seeing was uh, Spanish Inquisition okay fish dance Fish da- yep, the fish slapping dance. Fish slapping dance. I all right. So here's the other thing too. I learned and perfected my English accent <laughs> by watching Monty Python. We all did. Yeah. yeah. Anybody who I says know. otherwise is a fucking liar. Yeah. Doctor well, John, Who. All right, well, Doctor Who. Okay, you fucking liar. Uh, well, no, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I've been watching Doctor Who since I was five. That's true. Are but you know, sure? you know, you know, yeah, you, you, you. Okay, which which of the of the the actors did you emulate? I. I John Cleese was the one I always try to. I was more of an Eric Idle, yeah, guy. I've always been an Eric Idle guy. From my point of view, from my point of view, for me, John Cleese was like the prototypical Englishman. Mm. I tended to drift more towards uh, Palin. Palin, Michael Palin is great. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, let's uh, let's get into this now. I do want to thank because. Everyone kind of mentioned a lot of sketches, so instead of like having to dig back in and say, uh, you know, 
someone such and so mentioned this sketch, such and such mentioned that sketch. Mm-hmm. Um, at least on my timeline, Paul uh, Spanagle, Sharon Lane, uh, Joseph Hicks, that that clown, um, <laughs> James Sawyer, uh, John Saul, Steve Dermody, uh, Chris from Chris's Cultural Corner mentioned one. I was ashamed that we forgot, but we'll be talking about. Yes. Um, anybody else? Uh, hold on, because I know some people were responding to mine. Too. Right, right. Yep, I've got I've got uh, Eric Rice. Yeah. Uh, Chrissy Carter, Stacy Kendall. Yeah, I don't get as many hits as you guys. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on mine I got Andy James, Joseph Sharon Lane. Yep. Thank you, Sharon. Yep. Mentioned her already. And that's it for me. All right. I got, a, I got a thumbs up from Caroline Rose. Oh, that's good. That's good. So, um, before we get into our list, there is one special honorable mention that we are mentioning solely because everybody thought it was a, as a flying circus skit. Which is, this is all understandable. It's, yeah, because it's, a fly, it's not a flying circus skit, which is this list is essentially limited to just the stuff that appeared on Flying Circus. Um, but the four Yorkshiremen got <laughs> so much love, oh, God, yeah. I would be remiss... Yeah, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention it. It, it was on the radio, their radio programs. It was on pretty much all of their live shows. It was on their live show. And I mean, for the most part, that was the thing. Like, I saw um, Monty Python live at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. And that's on it. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's yeah. a bunch of sketches that weren't on Python, like the Flying Circus. Oh, yeah. yeah. That were on that one. And this is the most popular one. Yeah. The classic one-upsmanship of who had it worse. We used to live in this tiny old house with great big holes in the roof. Mm-hmm. House? We were looking to live in a house. We used to live in one room, all 26 of us, no furniture, half the floor was missing, and we were all huddled together in one corner for fear of falling. Yeah, you were lucky to have a room. We used to have to live in corridor. Oh, we used to dream of living in a corridor. <laughs> Would have been a palace to us. We used to live in an old water tank and a rubbish tip. <laughs> We got woke up every morning by having a load of rotting fish dumped all over us. <laughs> right. Yeah, I watched it again today, and I'm like, it also reminds me of Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> you had a you had a box. <laughs> yeah. You were lucky to live in a lake. <laughs> Luxury. <laughs> and then Eric Idle's like, he hears everybody's like, right. <laughs> We had to wake up at 7 p.m., a half hour before we went to bed. <laughs> We're 38 hours in the mine and pay the mine owner for the privilege of coming to work every day. And, and then when we get home, our dad would slash us with a bread knife and sing about it on, de- on our grave singing, Glory Hallelujah. <laughs> and you tell the kids of today, they and wouldn't they believe you. <laughs> it's one of those rare sketches that actually has a definitive end yeah. before it bleeds into something else. So. Yes. <laughs> Alright, so I did me- I did mention we have a number of things. We're also going to do these randomly. Kind of keep everybody on their, on their toes. On their toesies. Exactly. Yay! I have to take my shoes off. Okay, you I'm take- ready. Alright, you're right. You dug in? You guys yep. dug in? Yep. Yeah, you are literally on your toes right now. Yep. Alright, so our first one from the randomizer is Self-defense against fresh fruit. <laughs> We've done the banana. <laughs> now it's quite simple to defend yourself against the banana fiend. First of all, you force him to drop the banana. 
Next, you eat the banana. <laughs> Thus disarming him. You have now rendered him helpless. Suppose he's got a bunch. Shut up. Supposing he's got a pointed stick. Shut up. Yeah, now that now that all of Monty Python's on Netflix, I've been putting it on a little bit, and I got home today, put it on, made dinner, ate dinner, and then left, and my hu- and turned off Monty Python. My husband's like, "Oh, good," because it's just too much insanity for an hour and a half. Yeah. But but that one was on there. It was one of the ones I watched today. Well, the thing is, John Cleese does such a good job of that. He's a, when they need a militant Englishman. He is perfect for it. Well, he, actually, he Graham Chapman. Graham Chapman is the better military man. Yeah. But if you need somebody yeah. who just shout orders at somebody, <laughs> yeah. it's John Cleese. Because yeah. he's taller than everybody else. Yes. With yeah. maybe the exception of Graham Chapman, but I think he might have an inch on him. Yeah. And it's just the ridiculousness. Yeah. How do you defend yourself? Against a banana! Oh, yeah. <laughs> when are we going to learn about how to defend ourselves against pointed sticks? Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> I actually still, to this day... Do we have any pointed sticks? <laughs> I, love, I love how we always just point head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> pointed sticks. And if somebody comes after you with a handful of Loganberries, <laughs> it's it's just such brilliant absurdity. And the fact that they're all wearing like the martial arts yes, gear yeah. and they are in a gym. Yep. And then two of them get eaten by a tiger. Yep, but it's like the worst looking effect ever. <laughs> no, no, no. The worst effect is when the, the, the oh yeah, when the, the, the weight falls on them. The weight was hilarious. And the I mean, it's it, 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 just it's like, funny. I mean, it's, it all looks, of their animals are stuffed. Oh yeah, right. So it's just exactly. Like, it's like um, this saves them from cleaning poop. In um, meaning of life. Yeah. When yeah. that guy was like party, partially eaten by a. Uh, by a tiger. It was still a fake tiger. <laughs> I will say, I do prefer this sketch in, um, and now for something completely different. Okay. I just, uh, the ending of the TV version just, I mean, it, it's, a, you know, it's like, I load myself with a jug knight, I'm going to blow myself up, and then it does that flash, and then styrofoam falls in his face, and right. then it goes to a cartoon. It, it, it never just, it oh, just never... Thing, a lot of the, 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 the Flying circus stuff doesn't just end. Yeah, it bleeds into something yeah. else. Right, yeah. but, but that the just the the moment before the cartoon starts is just he's just like standing there. And he's like trying to pretend he's blown up, and it, it doesn't quite work for me. I'm I'm going back to a, a Tom Baker collection, and he's reminiscing about all the different episodes. And one of the things he goes, and then he hands me one of those BBC props. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, so any complaint about special effects on, on Monty Python, I'm just going to go with it's a BBC prop. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just, it is brilliant. It's yeah, one of the first ones I remember as well. Um, one of the guys I went to high school with, Dave Mariner, that was his big thing. And what about the pointed sticks? <laughs> what if he's got a pineapple? Where, where, where? I was just saying. <laughs> All right, next up, we have. and the, Oh, the killer joke. Shortly after 11 o'clock, comedy struck this little house in Dibley Road. Sudden, violent comedy. Police have sealed off the area, and Scotland Yard's crack inspector is with me now. I shall enter the house and attempt to remove the joke. (laughs) I shall be aided by the sound of sombre music played on gramophone records, and also by the chanting of laments by the men of Q Division. 
<laughs> the atmosphere thus created should protect me in the eventuality of me reading the joke. <laughs> yes, from the very first episode, one of the most brilliant things. Um, a man writes a joke that is so deadly, it's actually weaponized and used against the Germans in World War II. And, and they, yeah, they had like test footage and everything. They, they showed like test footage of people reading the joke and just like killing over. Yep. <laughs> I did look that up because I was, I start, I was. My intention was to watch every episode of Monty Python before we discuss that. Yeah. That is a fool's errand. That yes. is, yes. Oh, yeah. um, I in- instead, got, once we got this list called, I went back to the stuff I don't clearly remember. Mm-hmm. And there's actually still one or two of them on this list. I don't, I still don't remember all that well, so I'm depending on you guys to put it on the list. This thing with this joke <laughs> is just, it, it just it's, the, the entire skit has so many layers to it. Because it starts with the author, yeah, yeah, who dies, you know, reading the joke. reading the joke, and then his wife finds him, reads the joke, and then she dies, and then they have to call the police in. Well, what I love is though oh, is when, when when you know Graham Chapman's police sergeant is going in to retrieve the joke, he has the uh, men of two division. Oh, but he says, and the eventuality of me reading the joke, which means he's going to read the, read joke. the joke. Yes, <laughs> yeah, you know. But the. The, the beauty of this, too, is when they actually show the footage of the um, the British soldier being captured by the Nazis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Graham Chapman's just standing behind him with a sign that just says, Nazi. No, Gestapo, <laughs> no, Gestapo officer. Gestapo, Gestapo officer. officer. <laughs> and, like, Mike, I think it's Michael Palin is the British yeah. soldier. Yeah. And he's being interrogated, and he's getting slapped. But he's, like, the slap misses by a mile, and, like, Graham Chapman's just behind him, like, clapping his hands. <laughs> And then later, when the Germans tried to develop their own joke, he's there again with the sign that says, Another, Another Gestapo, Gestapo Officer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. The, benefit, the, the glory of the humor you get from have only having six regular cast members. Exactly. I mean, and he's, not a whole lot of wigs and hairs. and Exactly. Yeah. Our costumes at that point. It was the first episode, after yeah. all. <laughs> but uh, it's, no. no, go ahead. BBC props. BBC props, exactly. I just love this. But yeah, I looked up that joke. I'm like, what does it mean? It doesn't mean anything. No, That's no. all gibberish. It's gibberish. It's just German, German, German gibberish. Yeah. yeah. Well, of course it couldn't tell you the actual joke. It, yeah, because yeah. then you die. Yeah. All right. It was, it was buried in the, in the grave of the unmarked joke. <laughs> all right. Next up. Spinning. Marching up and down the square. Anyone got anything they'd rather be doing than marching up and down the square? Yes, Atkinson. What would you rather be doing, Atkinson? Well, to be quite honest, Sarge, I'd rather be at home with a wife and kids. Would you now? Yes, Sarge. Right, off you go. <laughs> Catherine, this was, uh, I believe, your contribution. Whose contribution was this what one? Me. I think I think somebody commented it, so I, I put that in. Okay, um, you guys know this one, right? Yeah, I, um, the, the drill he's, he's, he's the drill sergeant, right? He's got the troops all behind him. He's got the troops behind him, and he's like, "Who doesn't want to go marching up and down the square?" <laughs> And one of the soul, Eric Idle raises his hand. I'd um, rather be with my wife and kids today. <laughs> right, go! Anybody else doesn't want to march up and down the square? 
Right, what do you want? Well, I'm, I'm reading a good book. Right, right go! go. <laughs> and it's just, it's two minutes of Michael Palin just screaming at them. <laughs> about who who's, who wants to go next. And everybody's like, well, I'm loading piano. <laughs> All right, go! Anybody else doesn't want to go marching up and down the square? We should go to a picture show instead. And everybody else just leaves. Names. Oh, good lord. It's... <laughs> Again, it's just that absurdist humor. It, I mean, when you think about it, so, I mean, late 60s, early 70s, so it's very anti-establishment. <laughs> it was. The weird thing is, too, is that the majority of the sketches on this list are studio sketches. Right. You know, shot yeah. in a studio. This was this was actually filmed. It was an outdoor sketch, yep. and it was it was shot... Yep. Outdoors, and um, it's got a, more, a little more professional sheen to it. Um, this was actually from uh, The Meaning of Life. Was it? Yeah. God damn it. Really? I, I just looked it up. Marching up and down the square. The Meaning of Life. Huh. Well, this show's over. Go forth, Abby Nerd. But we'll talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Chrissy. No, well. Can't vet them all, right? I didn't. We all, I'm actually four Yorkshiremen, so. <laughs> all right. All right. Oh, Mike. Yes. Get out the box of chocolates. It's time for Crunchy Frog. Next, we have number four. Crunchy Frog. Ah, yes. <laughs> Am I right in thinking there's a real frog in here? Yes, a little one. <laughs> what sort of frog? A dead frog. <laughs> Is it cooked? No. What, a raw frog? Uh, we use only the finest baby frogs, dew-picked and flown from Iraq, cleansed in the finest quality spring water, lightly killed and then sealed in a succulent Swiss quintuple smooth treble cream milk chocolate envelope and lovingly frosted with glucose. That's his maybe it's still a frog. Oh, what else? <laughs> well, don't you even take the bones out? If we took the bones out, it wouldn't be crunchy, would it? Woo! I love this sketch. Yeah, this I is have... one of my favorite sketches. I have this nice box here of Wizzo's Quality Assortment. So who would like one? Okay, which one are you going to get? Mm. Oh, do you have any anthrax ripple? Uh, I think it's that one. <laughs> you got that? Yep. Hey, what am I getting? I don't know. Oh. Let's see. What's uh, it look like? That one. Cockroach cluster. Hey. <laughs> hmm. You gotta tell which one do you think this is? That looks like Crunchy Frog. All right, oh, let me see. Crunchy Frog. Mmm. They didn't take the bones out because if they did, it wouldn't be crunchy, crunchy. now, would it? <laughs> this one. Hmm. Spring surprise. I wonder what that's all about. Oh! Oh, <laughs> never mind. The grossness of this sketch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the funny thing is, too, my first introduction to this sketch was the um, was at the Hollywood Bowl, mm-hmm. where they changed names. It was Constable Clitoris, yes. and not uh, Constable Parrot, <laughs> like on um, like on the show. And it was played by um, uh, Terry Gilliam. Right. Thank God. Everything about this sketch. Locks <laughs> vomit! <laughs> like every gross thing you can think of. Yep. Well, it's just like, and the beauty is too is that Michael Palin describes their quality ingredients. Uh, Terry Jones. Is it Terry Jones? Yes. Yeah, you're right, it is Terry Jones. He just delivers such, everything is so lovingly and, um, you know, do pick, do pick from a rock, lightly killed. And lovingly frosted with glucose. <laughs> <laughs> what the, the spring surprise. Yeah, spring surprise. 
<laughs> Chocolate wrapped around stainless steel bolts that spring out and plunge <laughs> straight through both victims' cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> and just the pure outrage of uh, John Cleese. <laughs> he does outrage like yes, that. Yeah, yeah, he, 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 he does really well. He's perfect for outrage. Bear a large warning label, warning, lots vomit. <laughs> <laughs> Our sales are plummet. Fuck your sales. <laughs> Also on the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, yeah, they didn't swear in the I show. believe it was, um, I don't give a damn about your sales. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, Jesus, every every little piece of this sketch is just yeah. anthrax ripple. <laughs> if you ever want to name your fantasy football team, that name is probably still available somewhere. <laughs> uh, maybe next time I do fantasy, I'll do that. All right, moving on. Got a lot of sketches here, so we're going to be like yeah. lightning yeah. rounding. The- oh, which one? Possibly my all-time favorite Monty Python sketch ever. All my life, she shop. Morning, sir. Morning. Um, I was uh, sitting in the public library of Sermon Street just now, uh, skimming through Rogue Harry's by uh, Horace Walpole, when I um suddenly came over all peckish. Peckish, eh? Assyrian. Eh? Yabarolungli like. Ah, hungry. In a nutshell. So I thought to myself, a little fermented curd will do the trick. So I curtailed my wall-poling activities, sallied forth and infiltrated your place of purveyance to negotiate the bending of some cheesy comestibles. Come again? I want to buy some cheese. Ah. <laughs> I actually just watched that this morning before I came over. My, my husband mentioned that last weekend, on, on Saturday, they got cheese shop references twice in one day. Oh, really? <laughs> Wensleydale? He, he yes. Was... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry about that then. Oh, oh no, no, that's no, my no. name, I, no, Mr. I, Wensleydale. No, I thought you were talking about... Uh, me, my name is Mr. Wensleydale. <laughs> this one, all right. So You're not much of a cheese shop, are you? Fine, I said I'm in the cafe, sir. It's so Where, clean. It's, yeah. Where's the logic in that? It's so clean. <laughs> I, I will admit, the version that they have on the final ripoff is infinitely better than the actual live um, flying circus. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with like the the pacing of the of John Cleese rattling off the cheeses. Yes. Live. You're feeding off you're you're feeding off a studio audience, so it's one after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other. Whereas on the recorded version, he can take a little bit of a pause right. between each one. Edam, Gouda, Venezuelan beaver cheese. <laughs> My husband says that's the only one that he thinks is a fake one. Venezuelan beaver cheese? Yeah. All the other ones are real cheeses Cannon <laughs> Bear? Well yes. It's extremely runny, though. Oh, yeah. I don't care how fucking runny it is. And it over the whole speed. Oh, oh, dear. What? The cat ate it. it. Has, has a shisha. <laughs> but, but this one it just reeks of being written by uh, Chapman and Cleese. Yes, oh, absolutely. They, they love doing it's, the long lists. Just a long list of obscure things. The fact that there is a, a guy in the background playing the bazooki. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's this bizarre, like, Mediterranean string instrument. He plays it quite well, though. He does. He does. I mean, it's it's nice on the on the recorded version of it, though, where it's just, you know, somebody recorded playing. Yeah, I, I do like in the, on the Flying Circus, though, where you've got um, Graham Chapman and... I think it was it, um, 
Terry Jones dancing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just weird Mediterranean dance to <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, sir. I thought you were complaining about the music. Oh, no, I quite enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. Oh, yeah. When, 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 when it starts when, up. When John comes, I like somebody. I'm hungry. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the, um, he comes in with, like, gigantic words. All right. And he was coming on oh, yeah, so he, he was at the library. Come again? Hello, oh, hungry. Oh, hungry. <laughs> so I thought some um, cheesy combustibles would, uh, would, would says right. Yeah, that. What? <laughs> like, like some cheese for a horse, dude. But it, well, the thing is, like, Michael Palin and John Cleese have, like, this great chemistry when yeah. you, you know, like, when uh, they're opposite each other, doing opposites of each other yep. in a sketch. You know, you see it in this one, you see it in, in you know, well, another one we'll be talking about later. Yeah. Another famous sketch. Right. But it's like, if I ever saw a human being who looked like 1960s, 70s Michael Palin at a shop, I would turn on my heel and walk out. Because <laughs> <laughs> he is the worst shopkeeper there. Every, every, everything he sells <laughs> is the worst thing ever. Actually, there are two. There's two sketches where it has those two playing off each other. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, there's another one coming up in a little bit. Yeah. Yep. All right. So next up on this list, the 127th Upper Class Twit of the Year competition. It certainly looks as though we're in for a splendid afternoon sport in this, the 127th Upper Class Twit of the Year show. Now the uh, competitors will be off any moment, so let me just identify them for you. Vivian Smith Smy Smith has O level in kennel hygiene. Simon Zink Trumpet Harris married to a very attractive table lamp. Nigel Incubator Jones, his best friend is a tree, and in his spare time he's a stockbroker. Gervais Brook Hamster is in the guards, and his father uses him as a waste paper basket. And finally, Oliver Sinjin Mollusk, Harrow and the Guards, thought by many to be this year's outstanding twit. Oh, I love, I this, love one. this one. Because, well, because especially in British society where where class is such a Same. big, such a thing, such an yeah. integral part of life, for for a sketch comedy show to make fun of the upper classes the way they did. Oh that, my God! It was, you know, his father is a waste paper basket. <laughs> <laughs> it just. This is, this is a sketch where Graham Chapman really shines, I think. Yeah. He really shines. As, as Oliver. Yeah. Yeah. I just love it, too, because you, they, while they don't say anything about it, there's hinting at inbreeding oh, and yeah. all of these other things that go to create these upper-class British society people. Yeah. yeah. And they're idiot kids. <laughs> He's removing the bra from the debutante now. <laughs> Looks like he's run himself over. Yeah. <laughs> oh, when they're trying to jump over the matchboxes. Yeah. <laughs> and they have to duck underneath the uh, the beam. Yeah. <laughs> and and the final the final round is shooting yourself in the head, and they're failing at that. <laughs> oh god. Yes, this as, was as, well as social commentary. It's brilliant. Absolutely, and there's it, a it, lot it, of social commentary, Monty Python, that. As Americans, we don't quite get right. It's it, well, British, yeah, British right. humor. And I really feel too. It's it's such a it's a project of its time because like if I were to have a conversation with someone like M from Global Diorama, I don't know if she would have experienced that kind of stuff. But I'm probably going to guarantee that her parents faced right. that and like reading just regular newspapers and hearing about these upper class twits 
or about the surplus of spam that was uh, left in England after World War II, which we will get to that one. Oh, <laughs> make no mistake, we'll get to that one. Yeah, this one was, I guess it was written by Graham Chapman and Drunk Beast as a kind of revenge against all of the people that did exactly these things outside their apartments. Well, I mean, it's, you know, they are the baby boomer generation, so it was like... Right. right. Yeah. And all these guys went to very good schools, too. Oh, yeah. Most, oh, God, yeah. yeah they were most of these guys actually came, Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I think three of them were, came from Oxford and three of them, and two of them came from Cambridge. Right. And Terry Gilliam so, was just... As it was the American. So, so I mean, by all rights, they would have been a part of British upper-class society. If right. If one of here, John Cleese, if he hadn't gone into writing comedy, he would have been a, a judge. Oh, yeah. He was barrister. Really, he was a barrister. A barrister, yeah. yeah. Or a lawyer. Well, he would have eventually become a judge. Yeah. Right. You know, with this silly wig. <laughs> Which, by the way, is one of those skits that didn't make it into this list, and I really only remember it from uh, Hollywood Bowl, but when they showed the two um, barristers oh. walking, like, Behind the chambers, yeah, and they're they're very very stiff and straight, and they had their wigs on. And then the second the music stops, they like, oh, the colt was a bitch tonight, wasn't it? <laughs> and then they take it off, <laughs> they take it off and they're wearing lingerie <laughs> underneath. <laughs> oh, he was giving me the eye. <laughs> so I wove my wig. What? I wig on my wove. Woo! <laughs> you know, Again, atta- attacking those like very British kind of, yeah. Well, that, that's something that, like, a, a British schoolboy would probably think. What's on, what is under that robe? <laughs> right. Ladies' panties. <laughs> that's what is under that robe. And it's interesting, too, because Autumn and I were talking about this today. It, you know, everything is a, is a product of its time. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if this, if this would imply in the argument that you could, you could get away with this, these skits today. Well, there are, there are I, some things that they probably couldn't get away with. They probably couldn't, but at the same time, though, I mean, this this fill they need yeah. in the late 60s and early 70s right. that I just don't think that if they tried doing this today as fresh, new comedy, no. it wouldn't work. No. no. So, all right. What do we got, what do we, what do we got next? I'm going to say what we want. You tell us. Oh, well, let me tell you. We're spinning the wheel. You've got the spinner. I got the spinning wheel here. Oh, good Lord. The architect sketch. <laughs> The architect sketch! <laughs> Morning, gentlemen. Uh, this is a 12-story block combining classical neo-Georgian features with all the advantages of modern design. Uh, the tenants arrive in the entrance hall here, are carried along the corridor on a conveyor belt in extreme comfort and pass murals depicting Mediterranean scenes towards the <laughs> rotating knives. The last 20 feet of the corridor are heavily soundproof. The blood pours down these chutes and the angry flesh snurps into these large... Excuse me. Hmm? Uh, did you say knives? Uh, rotating knives, yes. Are you uh, proposing to slaughter our tenants? Does that not fit in with your plans? <laughs> this one, again, social commentary over the masons. The bloody masons. <laughs> that you, you can never really... Get anywhere in British society unless you are a Freemason, which opens doors. <laughs> I always wanted to be a Freemason. The last, the last 20, 50 feet of the hallway are heavily soundproofed. <laughs> Did you say knives? Rotating knives? Yes. yes. Are you suggesting we slaughter our tenants? Isn't that... I, I didn't quite define your attitude towards the tenants. <laughs> you, you see, I, I, I'm uh, specialized in building uh, slaughterhouses. 
This is a real butte. My life's been <laughs> leading up to this. No, no flesh kicked on the walls. Well, yeah, it's a, you know, flesh flying out the windows, incapacitating <laughs> flashers by. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's just again, it's one of those things that the the, the comedy builds yes. and builds because first of all, it does start with the Gumbies. characters I never quite got because that that is probably a truly very very British thing. That has to be. It has I, to be I, I still thing. don't understand like what the, the origin of the Gumbies are. But. Right. And I'm sure somebody will explain it to us later. But M, we're, we're counting on Yeah, M, come on. Ask your dad. Maybe he knows. <laughs> ask your folks, please. <laughs> I'm going to ask Wikipedia. You're going to ask Wikipedia the... Uh, okay, but... It, it just... John Cleese comes in and he's got this beautiful, you know, block of flats. <laughs> I'll sob the abattoir. <laughs> I've always wanted to be a Mason. Freemasonry opens doors, you know. Which you considered in the late sixties, early seventies, most London, you know, most flats in the UK were those god awful, brutal concrete mm. slabs. The every sperm is sacred uh, yeah. flats. Yep. Um, and once that's all done, and he finally gets kicked out after a going off on the Freemasons, never gave a whistler's cuss for the struggling artist. <laughs> You sit there on, on your spot, loathsome spotty behind, squeezing blackheads. You excrement! Uh, I love when they were approving uh, when they were approving Michael Palin's. Or was it, it was it was Eric Idle's. Eric Idle's. Well, as, as long as they're pretty relatively sedentary. Yeah, yeah lightweight and relatively sedentary. <laughs> so yeah, so that builds to Eric Idle, who comes in and he's got this tower uh, of low cost flats, and the entire model falls apart. Tips over and then it explodes. And it explodes. <laughs> but they justify him being able to do this because he knows the secret Masonic handshake, which they go back and do it in slow motion. Which is just. Oh, did you find out about the gummies? Uh, yeah. The gummies were part of Python's satirical view of 1970s television, condescendingly encouraging more involvement from the quote unquote man on the street. Gummies were frequently cast as intellectuals, but invariably exposed their own stupidity while trying to voice their inte- an intelligent opinion. They explain why they wear the diapers on their heads. They were handkerchiefs. Oh, they were handkerchiefs. Okay. Yes. And why? That is a. That is a. That's a. Oof. Yeah, that's a multi-layered. That is very multi-layered. <laughs> come in, Mister Gummy. <laughs> Open the door and come in. My brain hurts. <laughs> I love. When um, Graham Chapman was his doctor, it's like, uh, <laughs> scalpel, mustache, handkerchief, I'm ready to operate! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, next up, the travel agent sketch. Yeah. Anyway, you're interested in one of our adventure holidays, eh? Yes, yes, I saw your advert in the Buller Supplement. <laughs> what? The Buller Supplement. <laughs> the Colour Supplement. Ah, uh, yes, I'm sorry, I can't say the letter B. C. Yes, that's right. It's, uh, it's all due to a trauma I suffered when I was a schoolboy. I was attacked by a bat. A cat? No, a bat. <laughs> Can you say the letter K? Oh, yes. Khaki, King, Kettle, Q8, Keeble, Bollage, Oxford. Can <laughs> you say the letter K instead of the letter C? What do you mean, spell bullow with a K? Yes. Colour? Yes. Oh. That's very good. I never thought of that. <laughs> which one's this? Uh, well, all right. Watney's Red, Red Barrel. Watney's Red Barrel, which I have been trying for the last 20 years to find. Well, because they stopped making it in, like, 1959. There's no excuse. 
kind of is. <laughs> sure, I'm sure it tastes awful. I'm still willing to try a can. Because you know it only comes in cans. Oh, God, yeah. No, it only comes in barrels. Why do you red barrels? Well, red barrels! <laughs> we were watching this skit live, because the only way I could find it on YouTube was watching it mm-hmm. then. Oh, they, and, they include a joke in the live one that they cut out of. No, obviously. And I'm getting into that joke, actually. So, <laughs> there go to woman of the group, Carol Cleveland, yeah. yep. sitting at the desk as a receptionist. The unsung hero. The unsung hero of this, yes. And she's she's like, I have the book a travel package or would you like a blowjob? <laughs> <laughs> um, travel package, please. Right. And she sends him in um, to Michael Palin. She says, he's here for the travel package and nothing else. <laughs> and for the entire time I've known that, I've always thought she was the one offering the blowjob. No! <laughs> Autumn picked up on this. <clears throat> because Palin, who's sitting at the desk, the second she says, and nothing else, his smile drops a little bit. Yep. <laughs> but this is Eric Idle going on the most brilliant rant about travel packages, which... Well, well, first off, he starts off with saying he can't let, say the letter uh, B. Oh, yes. Let's letter C. Yes. Oh, right, so he right, said, right. So what a silly like, bunt. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think they cut that out of the, the TV version. They did. Oh, but they, they did. did. That, that's, on the, um, that's on the final rip-off. Yeah, what a silly bunt. <laughs> but then, you know, and his name is Smokes Too Much. Yeah. We better cut down then. Excuse what? me? Your name is Smokes Too Much, you better cut down then. Oh, oh I see. It. Smokes Too Much, better cut down then. I expect you make you have people make fun of your name all the time. No, it's the first time I've ever heard of that. <laughs> but this rant. We've all been... Have you guys ever been on, like... You, you've, have you ever traveled to a resort where while you might not be with traveling with a group of people, you kind of know that you're stuck with these, these people, people for yeah. a few hours? Oh, God, yeah. When um, Autumn and I went on our honeymoon, we were in Mexico, and oh my god, the bus of people that we went to uh, <laughs> to Chitsunitsa with, it was like there was one decent guy that we struck up a conversation with, everybody else might have as well have, you know, like been caking on the, uh, the sunscreen, because they overdid it on the first day, <laughs> the Dr. Skulls and their cream of tomato... That Campbell's cream of tomato soup. First uh, first item on the international list of cuisines. And the bean what in his red barrel. <laughs> and they're all singing Tave Molina. And it's not as good here. Not like they make it at home, eh? <laughs> and it just goes on and on and Nothing on. Nothing is more impressive than seeing the live version of this sketch and hearing him go on and, and on. And, and, and then on, he as leaves. They, as they wander through the crowd, like at the Hollywood Live. Like, at the, at the Hollywood Bowl. Bowl. He leaves. And then, like, 15 minutes later, comes back, still going off on everything. <laughs> just walking through the aisles, just you know, going off and off and off. And well, it, that's, I mean, that's. Eric Idle's. That's one of his strengths, is he's good at monologuing. Oh, he's, he's great at monologuing. I mean, this, this is. Peak monologuing oh, skill. Yeah. I mean, oh my god, it's amazing. A, but he's got. I, I feel well, like I mean, he's got the most distinctive of the Python's voices. Oh god, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like I think it's, it's easily the most recognizable of the Python voices. Right, exactly. He's also the most musically talented. Yes, out of all of them. He wrote all their songs. 
Um, I told you guys when we discussed albums, I think it was last year we discussed albums, mm-hmm. um, and Catherine, you brought up... Uh, yeah, the my 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 uh, going away to college present. Yes, which was um, was it Monty Python? Monty Python sings. sings. Yes, and I actually saw him live at the Wang Center. Really? <laughs> yeah. And he made a joke about. That. He made a joke about that. What he was saying is it an awfully nice to have a penis? <laughs> is it friendly good to have a dong at the Wang Center? <laughs> <laughs> Always a gone I am constantly. I am in constant <laughs> awe of comedians, people that can remain funny who are also incredible songwriters, too. Yeah. Right. Oh, God, yeah. Um, Stephen Lynch. Stephen Lynch, Weird Al. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I mean, come on. Weird Al's been doing this for almost 40 years. Yeah. Yep. Python's an acquired Python. taste. It is an acquired taste, and I do feel it's very difficult to introduce. Um, you know, like I said, the four Yorkshiremen. Yeah. And you tell young people about it now, they wouldn't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> it's... You need somebody who is willing to be invested I mean, in it. There are some that I think are much more open to you know wider audience than others. There, there are absolutely some sketches that are like but I think yeah, the cheese. It's, it's like I said. It's you know what I'd, I'd actually wouldn't be surprised if Monty Python caught on with today's generation simply because it's today. If, if you if you see today's generation and their humor, it is incredibly absurdist. Yeah, but you know, if you if you go to like meme sites and stuff like that, and I think a lot of today's generation would probably un- I don't want to say understand, but they'd probably like laugh at they would Mon- they would get into it. Rick and Morty, yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Robot <laughs> Chicken, yeah, and you can't and, and all of those are inspired by Monty Python, oh, Mystery big, big Science time. Theater. Oh, big yeah. time, yeah. Rick and Morty, oh, uh, Good Eats, huh? Good Eats, Good Eats is inspired by yeah. by yeah, the Muppet Show. Yeah, oh yeah. We, were, we were watching one of the one of the episodes tonight, like I said, and it was the squeaky mouse thing, and he goes in with a hand. Oh my! God. And, like, and now the bells of St. Mary's. And then they pull him away, and he's still he's a psycho. He's no Marvin Sucks. It's actually the best when they do it at the live. Yeah. And John Cleese is still one of the best hosts, guest hosts that. Yeah, one of the shows ever gotten. Yeah, he he had a, he had a great time on the show, but yeah, yeah, it was like, wow, that that is the that's that's Muppet Marvin Suggs and his Muppet phone right there. <laughs> it is so brilliant. It truly is. So very very brilliant. All right, what's next? All right, what's next on this? Spin spin spin. All right. Who put children's stories on the list? I did. You did. Please explain. <laughs> I couldn't find this one anywhere. Yeah, I don't remember. I saw this one. Like, it was in the first season. Yeah, well, I it, just watched it tonight. <laughs> it's uh, just uh, Eric Idle sitting there. Are you ready for a, ch- for a story, children? Okay, let's begin. He's got his book. It's like, Rumpo Tweezer, almost the dinky Oh, now I remember. He only sold his contraceptives in. Hello, children. Hello. Here is this morning's story. Are you ready? Then we'll begin. One day, Ricky the Magic Pixie went to visit Daisy Bumble in her tumble-down cottage. He found her in the bedroom. Roughly, he grabbed her heavy shoulders, pulling her down onto the bed and ripping off her... He's like telling these children stories and everyone ends just like, with a melon? 
and like you said, with Eric Idle's distinctive voice, yeah. and, he's, and, he, and the thing is, he starts off so like welcoming and so soft <laughs> and gentle, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, and he keeps going. He keeps trying different stories, and he's like, "No, we're the no. Men, we're the men dressed as ladies, and what? What?" <laughs> Seriously, he is a chameleon. Yeah, he is. He is. with that softer voice. Yeah, because yeah. he's done that in. Like there was the marriage counselor sketch, which is one of the season one. Oh yeah. my god! I yeah. was just seducing that guy's seducing wife, the in wife in front of him, and the husband of him, and the husband is just like completely oblivious, oblivious to all it. he's doing. He's just talking about their problems while he's like you know undressing her. <laughs> he's seducing. Oh god! Yeah. But there's also the one the um uh, the Undertaker yes sketch where he's the one bringing his dead mother. No, no, it, John Cleese was bringing his. Dead. What? All right, uh, you know what? I'm thinking of the one from the final ripoff. The final okay. ripoff, it is Eric yes, Idle. Yes, yes, it is. Who, but that, that very soft voice. Oh, she was quite young. Yes, yes, she was. Um, let me, 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 Children's stories, then, because that that's great. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> I forgot about that. I one. actually first saw that sketch on there was a there was a, actually a PC game. Of Monty Python's Flying Circus that yep. came out, yeah. and I saw that sketch for the first. They, they had the gold clips of it, and they saw that sketch, and I was like, and I just died laughing. I just, I couldn't believe it, and so it's always been one of my favorites. Yeah, I'm go back and watch it now. <laughs> All right, so I got the next one up, and you're never going to expect it. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Oh no. <laughs> And I'm actually wearing this shirt tonight, too. No <laughs> <laughs> one expects the Spanish Inquisition! Which one? Part one or part two? The whole thing. <laughs> it spans the entire <laughs> episode. But they just keep, like, they take little breaks, and then they just come <laughs> running in. Because, because well, trouble well, you hear the, the music. You hear the music. Yeah. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition! <laughs> Our chief weapon is surprise. Surprise and fear. Fear and surprise are two weapons. Our fear and surprise and ruthless efficiency. Our three weapons are fear and surprise and ruthless efficiency and an almost fanatical devotion to the Pope. Our four, no. <laughs> Amongst our weapons. Amongst our weaponry are such elements as fear. I'll come in again. What? You didn't expect the kind of Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> no one expects a Spanish Inquisition. Our chief weapons are fear. Surprise and fear are two of our three, three, three weapons. <laughs> the comfy chair. Comfy <laughs> The comfy chair. And then, well, it's, it's, it's funny because you got the, you got, you know. It's Palin. It's Palin. And they're all dressed, you know, as, as priests or uh, as bishops. And then you got Biggles. Cardinal Biggles and Cardinal Fang. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cardinal Fang. Cardinal Biggles with the old, with the old World War I yep. airman's helmet and goggles. Cardinal Fang, please read. <laughs> the first thing of the Spanish Inquisition is that no one expects them and... Um, <laughs> There's, yeah, that, that that whole, you know, that that is definitely a cultural touchstone. That made it onto Farscape. Yeah, it's made it everywhere. <laughs> it's just, but the part that just always strikes me about that one, though, 
is the, like the one line that Terry Gilliam kind of has. It's like, <laughs> Colonel Fang, read the charges. You are hereby charged that you did on diverse ways commit heresy against the Holy Church. My own oh man. That's enough! <laughs> He's sort of singing this little song and Terry <laughs> Michael Bailey has to pull him back. And 2P for a quickie. <laughs> I just, oh my god. I mean, would you guys agree top three most popular yep. Python sketches? You, easily the most recognizable. You've easily. Seen, you've seen that meme, right? The woman at the uh, self-checkout counter is like something unexpected in the... In the, uh, yes. It's, it, it's card, yeah, it's the, it's the Cardinals. <laughs> I, I love it too, and I love the way that it ends. Oh yeah, we just... Wait, it's just like, they just come running out, and then the show's over, like, oh, oh fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they might have said bugger on, on right. BBC, oh, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. But, oh, Jesus, it's just, it's so great because it's so frantic, and the commitment yeah. Of running this thing through the entire, entire episode. <laughs> Invading other sketches and stuff like that. Absolutely, yes. It is just... It's fantastic. I mean, because when no one expects the Spanish <laughs> Okay, that's up next on this list here. The Dirty Fork. I want to apologize humbly deeply and sincerely about the fork. Oh, no, please, I was only a tiny bit dirty. I just couldn't see it. Oh, you're good, kind, fine people for saying that. But I can see it. To me, it's like a mountain. A vast bowl of pus. (laughs) It gets me... (laughs) I can't give you any excuses for it. There are no excuses. I've been meaning to spend more time in the restaurant recently, but I haven't been too well Things aren't going very well back there. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I saw this on a couple of lists. Netflix actually has a, um, has, like, a series where they have comedians talk about Money Python. Yes. Mm -hmm. And this showed up on there, and I had no memory of it. And then I watched like a lot. you watch it, that, oh, it all of a sudden it clicked. Yeah. And it's then there was the, it's one of the early episodes. Cause right. I saw it tonight. It's um. <laughs> then Watch Mojo had a list of like the top ten. Yeah. Uh, Monty Python sketches, and it was on there. And then I watched. I'm like, this is fucking brilliant. <laughs> oh, the- that water wound! <laughs> <laughs> All he ever wanted to do was serve you people. I'm not good enough for you, you stinking <laughs> bastards. Mongo, Mongo, don't kill the don't kill the customers. <laughs> kill the customers. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry. And then they actually have a punchline. They actually have a punchline. Good thing I didn't tell him about the knife. Oh, <laughs> <boo>. <laughs> How about that punchline? Eh? Oh my god! <laughs> it's just great because again, this is where Python succeeds when they pile on, yeah. right? And then also when the jokes cut it build off. and build it exactly, and, and like, it just stops, so you can move to the next animation or whatever. Yeah. But it, I mean, like you said, it builds, it builds, it piles on, then stops on like a flat note, like you said. Yeah. That's a good thing I didn't about the fork. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then that's when the audience just boos him <laughs> mercilessly about that, which is just again, it's it's brilliant comedy writing. It's just it's so well timed, and just these yeah. characters, just because that's the thing about Cleese as well. 
He plays a great, like, just heavy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he can jut his, jo- his, his, his jaw out, make himself look tougher. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's just... You busted. <laughs> <laughs> my war wound. I just left. dead of a heart attack. <laughs> guy takes the knife. Him. Guy takes the fork and stabs himself. Just guts himself. Son. Oh, God. <laughs> Alright, next up. The Ministry of Silly Walks. <laughs> uh, coffee? Yes, please. Uh, Mrs. Two Lumps, would you bring us in two coffees, please? Yes, Mr. Teabag. <laughs> Out of a mind. <laughs> now, the Japanese have a man who can bend his leg back over his head and back again with every single step while the Israelis have that. Fa- ah, here's the coffee. <laughs> Thank you, lovely. One of the harder ones to actually, like, demonstrate on an audio podcast. Yes. Oh, yeah, because what's all. Physical comedy. Yeah. Iconically, though, one of the most iconic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Moments in Monty Python history. I don't know if anyone in the history of British television can move their legs in such a weird it, way it, as John Cleese. Well, it, it it showcases his talent for physical comedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He he, he just. He can make he can pull it up and then make it twist around in the air and just put it right back down. Right, wow. and the fact that he was able to maintain that because they do that sketch on the um, on the Hollywood Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's still able to get his. I mean, this is good lord. This Early is like 80s. fourteen years later, yeah. and he's yeah. still able to get his leg all the way up in the air. And but I love Terry Jones in this one too because is it Terry Jones or is it Michael Palin? Uh, Michael Palin, where he is. He's showing it how he's working on his walking. He needs government funding to, to help develop yep. it. And it's just like this thing where he just takes one step and his leg goes up. Then he takes another step and his leg goes up. <laughs> I love how they actually have... Like a film like, of other people. <laughs> no, no, John Cleese, he has like a name for all of, his, of like the leg moves. Yeah. They both, it's like it's forward hairy, half aerial with a, <laughs> a slight twist at the end. And <laughs> <laughs> but the, the film that they show afterwards where he's showing all the other silly walks... Mm-hmm. And there's like that one guy who's just like all like straight legs. <laughs> oh yeah, and that one guy who like just like sets himself up and then just does his little hops. Because <laughs> he, he was wearing um flippers. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the mosh futio. futio. <laughs> God. What a brilliant one. Le celeb. <laughs> Brian Jadaptique. <laughs> Alright, next up we've got Another one of the more popular sketches. Consistently number number one on people's favorite. I believe this is yeah. This is like this constantly shows up as the number one sketch. Yeah. Dead parrot. Yep. Yes. (laughs) I wish to make it complete. (laughs) Sorry, we're closing for lunch. Never mind that, my lad. I wish to complain about this parrot what I purchased not half an hour ago from this very boutique. Oh yes, the Norwegian blue. What's wrong with it? I'll tell you what's wrong with it. It's dead. That's what's wrong with it. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's resting. Look. Look, my lad, I know a dead parrot when I see one, and I'm looking at one right now. No, no, it's, it's not dead. It's resting. Resting? Yeah. Remarkable bird, the Norwegian blue. Beautiful plumage, isn't it? The plumage don't enter into it. It's stone dead. No, no, it's resting. Again, okay, it I just, reeks of I, Graham Chapman and uh, John Cleese. 
But you could only have John Cleese and Michael Palin oh, yeah. playing yeah. off each other. Just, just like the cheese shop, it had to be those two. Right, yeah. exactly. Yep. And just these constant, like... He's you fighting know, for the fjords! Fighting for the fjords! Fjords! And the, just the way his voice goes up and down. <laughs> Mate, this pirate, this pirate wouldn't boom if you put 40 million votes through it! <laughs> is an Polly is past! It is an ex-parrot! <laughs> He slipped the surly bones of Earth and gone to meet his maker. He's joined the bleeding fire invisible. <laughs> <laughs> He's fucking snuffed it. <laughs> I got a slug. <laughs> Can he talk? No. No. Hardly replacing then, isn't it? <laughs> you know what? I don't want to be... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to be a lumberjack. lumberjack. But that actually, that's only yeah, I know. Hollywood Bowl. I, no, it's, it, no, it's in the film, too, um... Oh, the now for something completely different. Yeah, depending yeah. on which version of that sketch you have, it has a different ending. Mm. The flying circus is one ending. The movie has another ending. Yeah. The radio has another ending. The Do you want to go back to my place? Thought you'd never ask. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like going back to the cheese shop. Well, I'm afraid I'm going to have to shoot you now. Understood? <laughs> Bang! Senseless waste of human life. <laughs> I, I do love on the fl- on the, the flying circus though. <laughs> you know, he sends him to his brother's place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he like, there's a whole train ride over. And then he goes to the other shop. <laughs> like, why? This why? This is one of my favorite moments when he takes the parrot and he knocks it against the, yeah. against the desk, <laughs> like against the tabletop, the countertop. Boom, 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 boom. But it's, like, it's a palindrome. A palindrome of a bolt is not bulb. <laughs> <laughs> for years, for a year, when I drove through Bolton to get to my job, I just look at the sign saying "Entering Bolton." I'm saying "Entering Not Bob." <laughs> <laughs> I remember Newbury Comics used to sell a stuffed dead parrot. Yes, and it actually came with a perch and the nails. Feet. <laughs> well, there were also the, the 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 killer rabbit slippers from. Yes, actually, Autumn. Ha- I bought Autumn a pair of those for Christmas, like decade ago. <laughs> And in fact, when you go see Spam, when like we saw the touring production of Spam a lot, mm-hmm. they were selling. I think they were actually selling both. You you saw the same tours I yeah, did. Yeah, um, I knew they were selling the the, um, the 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 killer rabbit slippers, but they had blood on them. <laughs> you know, around the mouth, of course. Yep, yep. And yep. then there was um, the. I believe they were also selling the parrot. I, I know you can actually get a, a a rabbit hand puppet now. Nice, which is kind of cool. So, all right. Anything else to say about the dead paddock sketch? <laughs> I, I, I don't think we could do it justice. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why it's the, it's, it's the most recognized sketch and yeah. the the most popular. Sketch. Right. Yeah. All right. Next up, military banter. Who was that? Was that, that you? Was me, yeah. Oh boy. All right. This was season. This is a season four sketch. Nah, I'm just not understanding banter at all. Well, today, give us it slower. Banter's not the same if you say it's slur, Squiffy. Uh, hold on, man. Wingo! Yes, Bendon here to the squadron leader's banter for saying, would ya? Can do. Die good. <laughs> Fire away. <laughs> Bally Jerry, Frank his kite, right in the house your father, Harry Blighter, Dicky Birded, feathered back on his Sammy, <laughs> took a waspy, his Betty Harper's, and caught his can. In the Bertie. 
No, I don't understand that banter at all. Yeah, I know most also filmed. Yeah, most people aren't aren't big on season four, but well, it the, was a, it was like the Cleesless season, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Cleesless yeah. left after season three, but the third episode on it is called uh, the Light uh, Light Entertainment War or something like that. And this sketch is in it, and I really, really enjoy that episode. And this sketch is one of my favorites because it's they're, they're um, it's you know they're World War Two uh, flying you know pilots, and they're just talking in the you know you know the military banter of the time, right? And um, it was like, sorry, I don't understand your banter. It's like, say, can you say it slower? Banter's not the same if it says slower. <laughs> now was this the same one though? Because when I looked at this on YouTube. This is the one where they were doing their, their drill. And it's like, you know, oh, one, two. And they all, like, stick their hand out lip-wristedly. Oh, no, no, no. That That's... Is that also walking up and down the square? No, no. That one is... Get out of here, you sassy bitch. And why don't you? <laughs> yeah, no, that Three, one, four. That one's, uh... <laughs> um, camping it up. Can't pick it up. Okay, because I had asked Autumn about that one, and she's like, oh, it's this, and did the entire thing. <laughs> the men of the 2nd Armored Division regale us with their famous close order swanning about. Go on! Camp it up! Oh, get her once! <laughs> just starts doing that, and it's just this these beautiful, like limp wristed arm motions. And oh, stuff. It's, it's, it's eight people, in, like John Cleese, Graham Chapman, Michael Palin, and Noah are in there, and they're just doing this complete chore- uh, choreographed, you know, um, synchronized camping it up. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most, some of the most brilliant piece I've ever seen. But military banter. Anything else to say about that one? Or are we just going to assume it's this the other one? Yeah, uh, it, it's the other one sounds like more fun. <laughs> the other one was was very good as well. But this one it, again, season four, it, it's season four is still very very solid if you give it a chance. Okay. And see, in the episode, the third episode is still one of my favorites. Check that one out. Yes. All right. Next up, Hell's Grannies. <laughs> We have a lot of trouble with these oldies. Pension days the worst. They go mad. As soon as they get their hands on their money, they blow it all on milk, bread, tea, tin of meat for the cat. Well, will, of course, uh, come eat two o'clock matinee or all ill bits out in there. Especially if it's something like the uh, sound of music. We get uh, seats ripped up here, we get spoken, all that sort of thing. <laughs> You're looking like you. You're you're not I'm, familiar with that one. No, no. Really? Oh my god! All right, I, so I'm very limited in what uh, I got exposed to. All right, I, this I think I think this was a classic shot documentary style with Eric Idle doing the narration about the the grandma hooligans that are terrorizing <laughs> the streets of London. <laughs> and essentially, it's just it's it just gives the, the the Python guys an excuse to put on the granny wigs and the overcoats. And yep. just like, they do their high voices, and they act all, they act all tough. It, well, it's, it's funny when they're when they're interviewing Graham Chapman. He's, he's one of the grandkids. Oh yeah, and he's talking about, well, you, you know, if you don't give her a ball of yarn, you know, she's. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Pension day is the worst. The worst second they get their money, they blow it on milk, bread, <laughs> tin of meat for the cat. <laughs> when they're interviewing the uh, theater owner, like, especially when they have sound of music, the seats are torn up. There's uh, walkers in this own little, in the aisles. And they had Terry Jones too, like dressed up like what I'm assuming is a British biker of the time. He's like, yeah, yeah. a huge helmet with a skull and crossbones on it. Yeah, it's not a f- safe to go out at night anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, don't go out anymore. <laughs> and it pretty much ends with Eric Idle, who's the narrator, walking down the street, giving his final narration, falling down a mud. manhole. <laughs> no, he, gets, he falls down oh, a right. manhole the because they move the, the yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. And then you have uh, being back, being attacked by uh, vicious keep left signs. <laughs> <laughs> and that one was stopped by Graham Chapman's uh, Brigadier General. You're right. Stop the city! Stop the city! Another classic from season one. Or sorry, series one. Series yes. one, yeah. yeah. Whatever. Working class playwright. How are you liking it down the mine, Ken? Oh, it's not too bad, Mum. We're using some new tungsten carbide drills for the preliminary coal face scaring operations. Oh, that sounds nice, dear. Tungsten carbide drills? What the bloody hell's tungsten carbide drills? It's something they use in coal mining, Father. It's something they use in coal mining, Father. You bloody fancy talk since you left London. Well, not that again. He's had a hard day, dear. His new play opens at National Theatre tomorrow. <laughs> I love this sketch in all of its absurdity. This Graham Chapman and Eric Idle. Yep. <laughs> Eric Idle comes home to visit his, his mom and his dad. And his father oh, doesn't approve <laughs> of what he does for work because he's a coal miner. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> There's been a lot of the, a lot of improvements. We've we've now got tungsten carbide drills. Tungsten carbide oh, drills! <laughs> Your mother, leave your mother out of this. She's exhausted from the red, the the, the red carpet gala she went to. What's <laughs> with red collar, red carpet galas? It's been hard on her. I was like, oh, that explains why she looks like another guy from the cast. Right. And just that, that great bit where he's like, life is about working hard, not about gala luncheons. I've had more gala luncheons than you had hot dinners, lad. <laughs> Tell me about the writer's cramp. You know, he didn't want to bother you with it. <laughs> get him out! Get him out of here! You laborer! <laughs> oh my god. This is one I had forgotten about, and one of my co workers oh had brought it up solely for the tungsten carbide drills. <laughs> and I went, I like, I, I just typed that into YouTube, and lo and behold, I get, like a thing of beauty just. Again, <laughs> this is this is perfect British social commentary. Yeah, exactly. It just flips the entire trope on its head. Yep. Because how many like British like TVs are about uh, TV shows had episodes about you know the the kid that wants to go off and be a playwright or an artist? Right, exactly. You know, the, the father's a working class, yeah, you know, exactly. a coal yep. miner or whatever. Let's flip it on its head. <laughs> Goat ball. Liquor, yes. Whatever. Uh, what would you like, Joe? Uh, I'll take another sour. Sour? Okay. Mm-hmm. Close out the um, sours here. Thank you. A chasseur de chasseur. <laughs> <laughs> or mallard uh, or mallard squeeze. Mallard fizz. Mallard fizz. Mallard fizz. Did that one originate on... Um, no, that was a live show. That was a live show. Touch of lemming. 
God. <laughs> a, a twist of my mind. All right, next up on the Wheel of Python. Wheel of Cheese. Dennis Moore, Dennis Moore, riding through the fields. Takes the lupins from the rich and gives them to the poor. Stand and deliver. Hand over all your lupins. What the flower lupins? Let that be a warning to you all. You move at your pedal, for I have two pistols here. I know one of them isn't loaded anymore, but the other one is, so that's one of you dead for sure. Or just about for sure, anyway. It certainly wouldn't be worth your while risking it, because I'm a very good shot. I practice every day. Well, not absolutely every day, but most days in the week. I expect I must practice four or five times a week, at least. At least four or five. Only some, some weekends, like last weekend, there wasn't much time, so that moves the average down a bit. But I should say... It's definitely a solid four days practice every week. <laughs> it's so absurd. Oh my. <laughs> the payoff of this sketch after John Cleese is this wonderful highwayman, yes. Dennis Moore, who rides through the field stealing lupins from the rich and giving them to the poor. poor. They finally show the poor who have this house filled with lupins. And they don't want any more lupins. They can't eat the... And then you hear like this cat, like, Row! oh look, the cops, the cops choked on a lupin. <laughs> and they have to explain about giving, you know, stealing money. And it's like, oh, hold on, let me write this down. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's great because it, it incorporates the, the the better like outdoor production values they have yeah. with yeah. the sketch comedy aspect of everything. Yeah. But. I actually did that for Halloween once. I actually went as Dennis Moore. Oh, God. Nice. Did you have some lupins? I did. We found, we went to like, um, I think it was Michael's, and found some fake lupins. And I essentially have a highwayman's costume. Um, I just didn't have the um, the two hand pistols. I couldn't find decent looking hand pistols, and I'm nothing if not like a completist about that kind of thing. <laughs> you gotta be careful with that, too. Yeah. Just traveling on a cop, you know, didn't have the yellow, uh, the orange. Thing it, on the end it, of my musket. Was it before the internet? Um. Yeah. Yeah. That explains it. Yeah. <laughs> in the, it, it all pays off with the very the final scene of the episode where he's uh where he robs the coach, but he's like, okay, now you've got more money than him, so you've got to give him this money. That <laughs> the whole thing's pointless if you hide money on me. Come on. He's <laughs> <laughs> just redistributing wealth from one person one to the, the other. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God bless you and your social commentary. <laughs> we love morality. Turn, turn, turn. All right. <laughs> That's another absurdist comedy yes, show. Yes, it ah. is. <laughs> and another classic, The Argument Clinic. What do you want? <laughs> well, I was told outside. Don't give me that, you snotty face heap of parrot droppings. <laughs> what? Shut your festering gob, you tit. Your type makes me puke. You vacuous, toffee-nosed, malodorous pervert! Look! I came in here for an argument! Oh! Oh, oh, I'm sorry, this is abuse. Oh. <laughs> oh, I see, that, that explains it. Yeah. Oh, no, you want 12A next door. I see. Yeah. Sorry. Not at all. No, that's all right. Stupid git. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, it's Michael Palin and yep. John Cleese. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. 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 Look, this is an argument. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. It is. <laughs> I remember this one being played 
even before I was a fan of Monty Python, um, WBCN, which was the local rock station when I was growing up, used to do like this comedy at around like five o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And they played this, and I'm just like, I like wanted to take notes. It's like this is, this is just so brilliant. <laughs> I want to do this. Well, it's, it's, it's brilliant in its simplicity. Right. Yeah, so yes. Because all it is is just... No, it isn't. Yes, it it's is. the automatic uh, gainsaying of, of whatever the person is saying. This is not an argument. There's contradictions. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. <laughs> but the, the fact of the matter is it does build up. Yeah. It doesn't start with this. <laughs> what do you want? Well, I just came in. Don't give me that, you naughty face peep parent droppings. <laughs> Shut your fish and gum, you Wait, 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 wait. I'm here for an argument. Oh, oh this abuse. <laughs> and that's the first time I ever heard the term stupid git. <laughs> <laughs> A very British term. A very British term that I will still I, use I, today. Sorry about that. Not at all. Stupid git. <laughs> Is this the room for the argument? I've told you once. No, you haven't. Yes, you have. No, I haven't. Yes, I have. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. Was this the uh, five-minute argument <laughs> going for the full half hour? <laughs> <laughs> and usually, it cuts off. If whenever, where, however, you're watching this, it might cut off there. But when he leaves, I want to register a complaint. You want to complain? Look at these shoes. Only gone three weeks, and then it's all going through. And hitting on the, being hit on the head lessons. A stupid concept. <laughs> Better, better, but wah! <laughs> wow! There was a lot of being hit on the head. There was a rubber there was. chicken. There's a ru- there's a knight that walks around with a rubber chicken. Yeah, and the first thing was like, like was that episode two? It was like two, it was three. Like, it was like multiple times throughout season yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's like I was like, wait a minute, he's back. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a really good rubber chicken. It's got heft. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's not, it's not like our, our cheap. You know. Our, our cheap novelty rubber chickens of today. They're, they're very light and not nearly so wobbly. Yeah. <laughs> then there was another being here on his, the, uh, with the, uh, with the old woman. All right, you can get, uh, I'll give you a, a dagger in the back. Or, no, I want the blow on the head. Okay, the blow on the head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I do love this. I do love that. All right, next up. We're getting through this list pretty quickly, by, by the way. Nice. Well, I'll probably have a lot of skip, uh, edits here. Yeah, that's true. There will be a lot of edits. Yeah. Be yep. long, it, no, nonetheless, it'll be a long show. Yes. Yep. Oh, it's a long show? You're kidding. Oh. <laughs> the Bishop! I take as my text for today. <laughs> text, Vic! Don't say the text! Leviticus 3.14. <laughs> just so great because it, it's done like a British drama. Yeah. Right. And just like everything is a bomb yeah. essentially. Don't baptize that baby! <laughs> Almost got him. I mean, they, they, they show up the, the uh, bishop's already dead. He's like he just oh, yeah. off. <laughs> I just love it too that he's got like the phone in like the cross staff. <laughs> Oh, good lord. It's just, again, it's just, it's Money Python brilliance. And they repeat that same 
Like whenever someone says the throughout the episode, the bishop, they just do that. They do the whole yeah the intro. There is a gift for that on Facebook, by the way. <laughs> oh god, match. Of course. <laughs> I, I gotta find, I gotta say though, Facebook is harder to find gifts than Twitter. Yeah, Twitter is like just the Amazon. Oh yeah. Of yeah. of gifts. Oh, who mentioned the fish slapping dance? A few people, I think. Again, I did. Uh, well, I, I wrote it in because you right. guys mentioned it. Right. Um, seriously, brilliance just in its simplicity. Oh, God, yeah. It's just somebody dancing and slapping somebody in the face with a fish. On the canal. On the canal, yeah. <laughs> and then they get slapped with a bigger fish. Yes. <laughs> this is actually one of the songs that opens up um, Spam a lot. Oh, God. <laughs> really not much because again this is a purely visual sketch oh, yeah. not a whole lot you can talk about and it, it's literally just someone slapping someone they're doing a little well, dance yeah but they're doing the whole backwards the holes in, and then yeah and then they move forward slap back, and then they come back backward, and then they go forward slap <laughs> it's like being slapped with sardines and then being slapped with a bass but, yeah. it, but it, it, it's just He's doing it so daintily too. At first, right. he's like, "Okay, let's see what's next on this list." I'm a lumberjack and I'm, I'm okay. okay. I sleep all night and I work all day. <laughs> he's a lumberjack and he's okay. He sleeps all night and he works all day. I cut down trees, I skip and jump, I like to press wildflowers. I put on women's clothing and hang around in bars. Cuts down trees, he skips and jumps, he likes to press wildflowers. He puts on women's clothing and hangs around in bars. He's a lumberjack and he's This song. There are so many ways you can interpret this song. <laughs> Much like there's so many different ways you can lead into this song. Yeah. I believe that on, on Flying Circus, it was the Bad Barber. Yeah, the yes. Killer Barber, yeah. Killer, killer barber, barber, yeah. Okay. With all the blood. And... <laughs> I didn't want to be a barber. I wanted to be a lumberjack. Boom, 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 Leaping from tree to tree. Riding the logs in the rivers of the British Columbia. Number one, the larch. The larch. <laughs> the larch. The larch. It's just, and it's great too because, well, first of all, you get Carol Cleveland just being her always brilliant self. She's and actually. It's clothing! <laughs> well, the other thing too is the way she positions her hands yeah. while she's just standing right next to him the entire time is great. Which, until is, which the, is funny because she's actually taller than Michael Palin. Yeah. <laughs> she is a tall woman and he is a very short, short man. <laughs> So she's sitting there kind of looking out at nothing. Yeah. Well, she, he was obviously on a, on a stand or something like that. Actually, uh, on Flying Circus, that wasn't Carol Cleveland. No? That was Connie Booth. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I, I think it might have been Carol Cle- Cleveland for the uh, for one of the movies. Or, or the... Uh, well, she's the lot, the she's definitely in a bunch of the episodes of season one. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. So yeah, and he's uh, and you can see like the, the the look of horror on her face, the look of horror come on her face as he's saying things like, and then, <laughs> "I want to wear women's clothing and <laughs> hang around in bars." <laughs> what? I wish I'd been the girl, just, just like, like my, my dear, dear papa. papa. Well, 
I think on Flying Circus he said Mama, but in like uh, in the movies, for something, yeah, in movies in the the stage show he said Papa. On, on definitely on my uh, my Monty Python sings it's Papa. Yeah. <laughs> oh, in the German version. Oh no, there's a German version. <laughs> yeah, you know, because you know, they did the, the they did like two episodes for like German TV and it's all like, and they do a, a German version of the Lumberjack song. Oh no. And they said uh, it's like it's like Bustenholter, just like my uncle Volter. Ich fälle Bäume, Tragstöcke, Schuh und Stumpf und Füßenhalter. War gern ein kleines Mädchen, so wie mein Onkel Walter. <laughs> God. <laughs> Seriously, check it out. It is, it is, the, the, they change up, the, change up the lyrics just enough to make it very, very funny. Excellent. All right. Next one up. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Saying them all, saying them all. I got nothing. Is your wife uh, a goer, hey? Know what I mean? Know what I mean? Nudge, 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 nudge. Know what I mean? Saying them all. Know what I mean? I'm big burden. Your wife, does she, uh, does she go, hey, hey, hey? Know what I mean? Know what I mean? Nudge, nudge, saying them all. Oh, she sometimes good, yes. I bet she does. I bet she does. I bet she does. Know what I mean? Know what I mean? Nudge, nudge. I'm sorry, I didn't quite follow you. Oh, follow me, follow me. I like that. That's good. A nod's as good as a wink to a blind bat. Hey, hey. Are, you, are you trying to sell something? Selling, selling. Very good, very good. <laughs> Terry Jones and Eric Idle. Yep. Oh, my God. Again, it's it's perfect. Eric, Eric Idle Idle's perfect. face, the mustache. Yeah. Terry Jones is just your everyman in all yeah. of these yeah. situations. Yeah. He's just sitting there just trying to enjoy his beer. Yep. Enjoy his pint. His yeah. pint, yeah. No, uh, it wasn't even a pint. It was actually a mug. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it was a mug. And What's great about that too is when he actually does put it down. Yeah, I, I like, think that's the first time skyrockets up. That's the must be the first time they did it with liquid in there because he yeah. gives it a really good slam. Yeah, I, I love it too because like you know when when Eric Idle like starts like you know photography and you can see that Terry Jones starting to get a little uncomfortable because he knows what he's mean. He just doesn't want to go there. Right. <laughs> Candid photography, he asked him knowingly. I, I. No, no, we don't have to. You can get very like. I don't know, it's a cockney, very cockneyish accent. Right. But he's like, there were so, I mean, there's these little, like, you know, the, just the, the, the quick little nudges, like, right, 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 right. Oh! <laughs> I, oh! A nose just goes awake to a blind bat. <laughs> <laughs> You've been with a lady. Yes. Yep. <laughs> What's it like? <laughs> Again, there's a definitive punchline on that yeah. one. Yeah, there's a good end on that one. It's a great end. Now, for the married people in the in the in the room here is do we use nudge nudge, wink wink, say no more when uh <laughs> dot 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 <laughs> Am I the only one? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think Jesus so. Christ. We, Adam we and have... I are bigger nerds than both of you guys. <laughs> we have our own language. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Nudge, 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 wink, wink, sign them all, sign them all. Wicked, eh? Wicked! Wicked! Oh, God. All right. How not to be seen. This is Mr. E.R. Bradsaw, Maple Black Lion Road, South East 5. He cannot be seen. Now, I'm going to ask him to stand up. Mr. Bradsaw, will you stand up, please? <laughs> this demonstrates the value 
of not being seen. <laughs> Mr. Henry Jones, will you please come out? <laughs> Boom! This is so demonstrated. How uh, not uh, no, why, to be Why it is good not to be seen? Oh, good lord. <laughs> it's just so... It's, it's, seriously, but again, it's it's one of those things that... Like, it's it's absurdist. Yeah. And the fact that they keep, like, listing people who are hiding behind uh, bushes and trees, and they just keep blowing the trees up. <laughs> He's demonstrated how... The, the first rule of how not to be seen. Don't stand up. Unfortunately, he chose a very obvious piece of cover. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're down to our last three here. Woo! All right. All right. Let's see. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Spin that wheel. Spin, Make spin, that spin, deal. Spin, 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 spin. The Hungarian Dirty Phrase Book. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here, then? Ah, you have beautiful thighs. <laughs> what? Hit me! Drop your panties, Sir William. I cannot wait till lunchtime. <laughs> right! My nipples explode with the leg! Would you like to go back to my place? Bouncy, bouncy. I am no longer infected. <laughs> my hovercraft is full of eels. <laughs> Again, this is just one of these things. Apparently, was a scam from like this London tobacconist. <laughs> but this is John Cleese, right? Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Where he's a Hungarian reading the book and just these deliveries, these line deliveries. <laughs> and then when Derek Jones is like, let, 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 takes the phrase book, says something in Hungarian, John Cleese just punches him. <laughs> <laughs> and when the cop comes in, you have beautiful thighs. <laughs> I think this is on the uh, Dead Parrot sketch, not included. Oh, okay. It might be, because I remember getting some DVDs of this, and that was on there, and it was the first time I'd ever seen it, and obviously lost my shit, because yeah. <laughs> I'm no longer infected. <laughs> when the cops grabbing and pulling away, my nipples explode with the light! <laughs> <laughs> okay, down to the last two here, guys. Alright. Uh, Which one's first? Which one's first? Actually, you know what? We're not even going to do these randomly for one simple reason. The better one last. The better one last, exactly. The Piranha Brothers. Dinsdale was a perfectly normal person in every way. Except, except inasmuch as he was convinced that he was being watched by a giant hedgehog. <laughs> he referred to as Spiny Norman. How big was Norman supposed to be? Normally, he was wont to be about 12 feet from snout to tail, but when Dinsdale was very depressed, Norman could be anything up to 800 yards long. Which is almost like a one-joke... Well, it, it's... You know, another one of the, the crime documentaries. Yeah. And then, you know, the animation, which is casted off... And we haven't talked enough about the animation on, yeah. on Flying no. Circus... Well, the, the, the problem is that it's... It's, it's very surrealist. It's very surrealist, but it's used, mostly used as segues right. into the next sketch, so people are just kind of... Well, like, there's, there's the one where the old woman's pushing the pram down the street, and the pram just keeps eating all the old ladies yes. as right. it goes along. Yes. And then the, you and obviously watched season one tonight, so... Yeah, and the animator goes, 
that's enough of that, and then just turns the frame around and runs yeah. after the <laughs> pushing it. And it's just... Yeah, I remember I was watching some of season one, and there's that thing where the... Because they use, like, the old Victorian black and white photos and stuff, and there's the guy sitting with the woman, and people are walking past, and then the second they're gone, he, like, just pulls up, and the woman's entire dress is gone. Yeah, <laughs> and he puts and on, like, a mask. Yeah, and somebody else comes in, and he puts it back on. <laughs> so I'm watching this. Scarlet comes in and sees as he's pulling it up, and I don't think she's seen boobs on TV before. <laughs> <laughs> she had this look of like, oh! <laughs> Daddy, what are you watching? So, the first exposure to uh, TV nudity. 19th century erotica, honey. <laughs> Pictures of Lily. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, I mean, the Piranha Brothers, it, it's all capped off by the, was it the, the 60 foot hedgehog? Spiny Norman. Spiny yeah, Norman. Spiny Norman. <laughs> Walking through the streets of uh, London looking for Dinsdale Piranha. Dinsdale? 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 I do love this, but like each, each, every, each like separate part of the sketch, though, is just equally funny. I mean, you have uh, the, where um, Terry Jones is interviewing Graham Chapman. Yeah. But. He holds like the microphone to himself when Graham Chapman's talking, so you can't hear Graham <laughs> can't Chapman. Hear and he does it the same thing, and so you can you, <laughs> you can't understand what they're. It's a completely silent interview. <laughs> and all they're like, like showing like Graham Chapman just like like acting as if his rib cage is being spread open, it's like the guts are falling out. <laughs> but you can't hear a single word he's saying. So, yeah, it's it is funny, but it's one of those obscure ones that you introduce to other people. Yeah, I'm going right. to have a, uh, another cockroach cluster here. Oh yes, it was the uh, it was in the first episode of season two, right, 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 right. All right, that leads us to our last skit that we're going to discuss for uh, uh, Flying Circus. You guys want to take a guess what it is? Oh, I know what it is. It's John's favorite one. Spam, 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 spam. Lovely spam, wonderful spam. Again, social commentary mixed with absurdity. Yep. Because as I mentioned earlier, this entire thing is about the British surplus of spam they had after World War Two. Right. With, with for for some reason they threw in Vikings. Yeah. Why not? The Vikings are sitting in the diner somewhere. <laughs> and lumps of Thelmador Earl Corvettes with moray sauce garnished with truffle pate brandy and fried egg on top of spam. <laughs> How much is that? Because you found the meme. Uh, yeah, someone actually made up a uh, the board. Like a, a, a yeah, they made up like a like a like a like a yep. menu board with that's, all yep, the yep, different. Yep. That's thirty five dollars. Oh really? Well, yeah. lobster thermidor. Yeah. That's not too bad. <laughs> so let me ask you guys a question: Has anyone here ever eaten spam? Oh no. God, yeah, I have. I've eaten it once. I've eaten it. 
Puerto- All right, military school. No, it wasn't actually military school. When I was growing up in Puerto- uh, when I was living in Puerto Rico, my grandfather loved spam, and he would oh. make me every morning. He would make me a fried sp- uh, fried egg and spam sandwich. Oh, actually, pretty good. I liked it. It was actually pretty good. I'm, I'm kind of intrigued. Kind of want to do that. Yeah, kind of want to buy a can and introduce my daughter to it. No, because you would cut the spam thin. You know, as thin as you can cut spam, because for some reason you can't get that whopper thin. No, you can't get a whopper thin, but I mean, you get it thin enough that you can fry it, and then yeah. you fry the you egg. fry it like you fry a slice of ham, right? And then right. you fry the egg in the in the in the in the, in the grease, and then you put it in yeah, the... like a ham and egg and cheese yeah. sandwich. It's right. Actually, I like it. I thought it was good. It's wicked salty though. Oh, it's damn. spam. That's the thing. That, that's why you know you're talking about something that premiered in like 1970, yeah. and they still have a surplus of it. Because you can't kill it with conventional weapons. <laughs> it, oh, good lord. Um, I mean, some of those, now let me ask you guys a question. Anyone had British baked beans before with breakfast? No. Bangers and mash. Bangers and mash is something different. That is sausage That's, and mashed potatoes. Oh, no. Right. Um, no, it, all right, so British baked beans are one of my favorite breakfast delicacies. Shocking. Yeah, I know, huh? <laughs> it's essentially it's baked beans with tomato sauce. Okay. No, like a, like a, like, um, all right. The the best, closest type of sauce I can tell you it tastes like is kind of like a SpaghettiO sauce. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's not marinara. It's not like a marinara. Oh, right, right, But right. it's like a light tomato sauce. Right. Um, it's actually quite delicious. Because when we were in London, I, we got room service and I ordered a traditional British breakfast. A, my full wife, Brit, a full Brit? Yep. Autumn was just like, you, you need to try this because you'll love it. <laughs> and essentially, and yep. she's right. So it's it's two eggs, over easy, mm-hmm. um, baked beans. Um, their bacon is is very thick cut bacon. Yeah. It almost yeah. looks like ham with a lot of fat on it. Yeah. And then a, and then a um, baked kind of burst tomato tomato, and it's delicious. I mean, I, I'll make it today, but I won't put the tomato on there because it's just a waste of tomato. Yeah, still won't eat that. But. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, definitely. You can get, I mean, you can get Heinz baked beans. Right. And like that, I think it's like the greenish blue tinted can if you go to Shaw's, if you can find a Shaw's. I'm surprised they don't have a big old Union Jack around it. No, no. It's, it's not particularly a British product, but it became a British staple. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what possessed the British to think, hey, I'm going to have beans first thing in the morning. It is delicious. And then I'm going to go outside. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> In my tight suit, my bowler hat. <laughs> but yeah, the spam thing does sound delicious. I might have to. I, I mean, I I liked it when I was a kid. I don't. I wouldn't go out of my way not to eat spam, but I that did. might be a sad. My next Saturday morning off, maybe that'll be a uh, special breakfast for me, Autumn and Scarlet, because God knows Jamie ain't eating any meat. So, <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, the thing is the bread. My my grandfather. We didn't. He didn't use like regular like sliced bread. No, like, you don't. It's like a, in Puerto Rico, it's called water bread. It's All right. just like a thick pin bread and stuff like that. Like a bulky roll? Yeah. All right. All right. I usually make my breakfast sandwiches either on an English muffin or a bagel. Yeah, you want Yeah, you want some to absorb. Or like regular, like... You want some to absorb all that juice. Yeah. Yes, exactly. God, I'm hungry. Um, <laughs> let me just have some more to drink here. All right. Mm. So that was the flying six. <laughs> I... I mean, honestly, there are a lot more sketches. There than are a lot more sketches. I think we just barely scratched the surface. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, I mean, like, like are, I said, well, we, did, we, had, we did touch on some other adjacent ones. While right, we're like going we, along I mean, through our you know, list. The lemming, 
Lemming. Which is funny considering all the humor surrounding British dentistry and teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then there's the uh, the dull life of a city stockbroker. Yep. Oh god. <laughs> and he's, he's talking he's showing his uh his voyage to work and his neighbor gets killed by a spear. Uh, Frankenstein kills everybody else at the bus stop <laughs> except for him. Well, there's that that great one too with the uh, milkman <laughs> who gets seduced by the woman, and then he gets like just brought up to the room with all the other milkmen. And he locked inside. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or, the, or the one with the uh, everybody's Superman. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Bicycle repairman. Yeah. Bicycle repairman. <laughs> Season one. Yo. Just watch that. Yo. Oh goodness. Yeah, it's it's just great. And if you have Netflix, oh. they are the the entire series is on Netflix right now. So, Mr. And Mrs. Brian Nor- Brian Norris is Ford Popular, <laughs> <laughs> where where they uh, they they, take, they venture to uh, travel from Hounslow to to uh, wait from Hounslow to some other like Southern British town. Okay, just to prove that, that their ancestors could do it. <laughs> Um, there was another one too, and I don't remember the name of the skit, but it was Graham Chapman played this like super villain with these enormously broad oh, shoulders. Yes. Oh, oh, and Mrs. S C U M, Mr. Neutron, Mr. Neutron, yeah, season four. No, yes, that was absolutely a season four thing with the um, they they, they found like the hero who had had gone through like this opera these operations to make him into a dog. Yeah. <laughs> I want yes, I want. To go walkies. <laughs> <laughs> he's like a super villain, but he's like, "Would you like to go to the super har- supermarket with me?" <laughs> this is S U M. So that was Monty Python. Yes. Wow. What? God bless this show. I love yes. this show it, so much. Uh, we wouldn't have so much comedy that we've got today without this one. Exactly. Oh, yeah. God. Live Second City. None of that would have Could have ended up with a whole lot of Jeff Dunham. Thank you, Monty Python. <laughs> Thank you, Monty Python. Older stuff is good. Okay. I was just watching Jeff Dunham before he came over here. Actually. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I'm laughing. Um, so, yeah. So, next episode, we are going to revisit a topic we talked about like just, just shy of five years ago. Where we discussed our favorite um, kind of web content. Yeah. Be yeah. it... YouTube channels that we like, podcasts, and lately, we've we've actually discovered so many great just you know podcasts like us broadcasting out of their homes, not like high sheen production. Um, I know my YouTube viewing has changed exponentially <laughs> yeah. in like the last five years. I mean, I can't think of any of the name right now, verbal diorama. But I mean, yeah, exactly. Sure it's some, it's yeah. not like I can't find people that they'll actually like promote their own shows on our show. Yeah. That's gonna be a that's gonna take some doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be very hard work for me to get that to happen. Please make that happen, guys. Um, so yeah, so if you have any favorite podcasts. Or any favorite, like, YouTube channels. Or even, like, if you go to, like, other, like, subscription-based websites that aren't on YouTube. If you're a fan of, like, say, The Escapist and you're not getting that stuff off of YouTube. We want to know. Because there's plenty of, uh, plenty of great, like, outlets for you to check that out. You can, um, email that to us at GeekSaladRadio at Gmail. You can also let us know on Twitter at GeekSaladRadio. As well as on Facebook at GeekSaladPodcast. 
Uh, we also are available, the full archives available on um, geeksalad.podbean.com, through the Podbean app, through Stitcher, through Spotify, through iTunes, through Google Music, uh, and also through YouTube, where you can also get our uh, retro movie reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, very recently, Mike and I just did The Dark Crystal, yep. and we'll be covering Labyrinth, yep. as well as our Halloween offerings will be coming up very, very soon. And we should have some um, guests lined up for some of that. Excellent. Which is very exciting. Yay! When do we talk about Jason X? Huh? When do we talk about Jason X? Maybe, maybe uh, never. Actually, I think we already did, didn't we? Yeah, we no, did. Yeah, we yeah, did yeah, when we, we talked. Well, our Halloween episode, like three years ago, was all the Friday the 13th. I love Jason X. I know you do. We, we, know, we know. We know. We know. <laughs> so, anyway, until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. Go forth and be nerdful. We'll talk to you later. Goodbye! There is nothing quite as beautiful as cash. Some people say it's folly, but I'd rather have the lolly. With money you can make a splash. There is nothing quite as wonderful as money. Money, money, money. There is nothing like a newly minted pound. Money, money, money. Everyone must hanker for the bunchness of a banker. It's accountancy that makes the world go round, round, round. You can keep your Marxist ways, but it's only just a phase. For it's money, money, money makes the world go round.